Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Hello and welcome back to the State of Our Football Nation here on FNR with uh, me, Pure Frimpong and George Danikin. If you just missed uh, our previous interview, we just had Paul Iliopoulos from Football Victoria on. But uh, George, I- I'd let you introduce our next guest, a great guest to have here on the State of Our Football Nation. Not only is he a great guest, he's a really good guy and uh, he's done a tremendous job wherever he's gone. Uh, I remember many years ago, he was my first coach when I stepped into the role of president at South Melbourne and he promised us that he would deliver the goods and we were there or thereabouts. We had the youngest team and uh, as he promised me, they were the fittest and we played some great games and we drew some tremendous crowds and this is the year after we were you know, basically demoted from the old NSL. So it was a super exciting time. He's since gone on and done some tremendous things, being the giant killer, of course, in the uh, uh, in the old FFA Cup when he was coaching at Bentley Greens. Every time they played and got involved, they kept knocking over some of the bigger teams, Pakua. And then, of course, he was uh, headhunted by a, a mob called Western United, where he's just finished four years. But I get a feeling, I get a feeling John Anastasiadis wants to get back and be the head man again. Johnny Anastasiadis, welcome to the program. Thanks, George. It's great to be here. And um, uh, I tell you what, I haven't done this for four years. So if I throw a few uh, <laughs> curlies, <laughs> a few Greek words in or something like that, excuse, excuse me. Now, so listen, um, listen, I've got to get used to it again. Pakur has got this big ruler. And, and as I said to her, whatever you feel, Pakur, you need to do, you go ahead and do it. But she's a huge fan, and she's also the uh, the, one, the one member of staff at FNR that said to me, watch out for the Western United's women team at the very beginning, before they started playing that, that fabulous football they played throughout the season and were so unfortunate not to finish it off. Um, what, what have you made of the last four years? Has it been... A journey for you? Yeah, it's been a it's been a journey. Definitely after um, you know leaving the NPL and um, with Bentley, uh, this was a, a whole new ball game, a whole new ball game. Uh, the A League uh, definitely is another level, and um, you know we we've had four years. I reckon I've done nearly everything um, in terms of. Having a good season, have not having a so not so good season, winning the championship, and then again not have, just missing out on the finals this year, especially. So uh, you know, then COVID was in between. So we we've been through a lot in four years, but um, you know the club's come a long way since then. Uh, since the first the first day we we, we got together in two thousand and nineteen, uh, and you know it's uh, hopefully now you know I've, I, I, like you said. For me, my, my journey stopped here at um, at, uh, at West United because, you know, the plan was obviously to be the head coach at some stage. But 
sometimes a plan doesn't go to plan, and um, you know you have to uh, you have to make you know hard decisions, and I and I made a very hard decision to leave uh, to leave Western United because of fantastic people there. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it and um, made some lifelong friends, which is good. Uh, and basically, um, you know, they gave me that opportunity, and, and I'd, like to, I'd like to thank them for that uh, from the from the bottom of my heart. They gave me the opportunity to be in the A League, and uh, but you know, ultimately, I, I'm at an age now where I've got to think about what do I want to do in in, in elite football, and uh, you know, uh, my view is that I wanted to be a head coach. I couldn't be head coach at uh, at Western United because obviously, you know. Um, uh, Johnny Aloisi is there and he's done well. So, um, and he's a great bloke. Thank him wrong. He's a fantastic fellow, uh, Johnny. And, uh, you know, I had, had a great time there. We learned a lot. So it was, was pretty good. But, you know, for me, I think I'm, I'm, I'm ready now to, uh, to definitely get into the role of, of head coach again in the A League. Um, so, you know, the decision was made and, uh, with my family and that. So we, 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 we said, look, you know, let's see what happens. And, um, and we'll just wait and see now, George, and uh, hopefully something comes uh, comes quickly. I, I've just got. I just want to ask you, Johnny, just to go back to your time at Western United. Something that I've really admired about Western United when I've been around, when I've gone to see the men's training or even the women's training, is such a great culture amongst the, the staff and even the players as well there. And I wonder, with a club that's just relatively new to the competition, how do you establish that and create such a good club culture in? Where you all are pushing in the same direction, you said as well bringing in the right people. So the club, um, you know, they they had the values at the start, which was uh, you know obviously growth, effort, and and things like that. So and togetherness. Um, so we we took those three values and uh, and built the team around it uh, with with the players also uh, and the staff. So. And you know that that came in the first year, and obviously COVID even brought us closer because we were actually in a hub for seven weeks in in um, in Sydney, so that even brought brought us even closer. So, and from that you just continue it on, and um, you know obviously after Mark Rudin left, then uh, the club, you know, ultimately went with John Aloisi and John's values. I think we're in in, in the same direction as as the club's values, and obviously you know John's brought in respect on top of that. So. Um, you know, and everyone's everyone's pulling in the same way, and, and anyone who who didn't, you know, you see they they fall by the fall by the wayside, simple as that. So, but uh, you know, we've we've had nearly the same squad for quite a few years now, and I know there's a there's a big um, next year will be you know, a totally different ball game because we've got a whole heap of new players, and but definitely the players that will come in um, have to align with those values, otherwise uh, they won't be uh, taken in. Uh, Johnny, one man who featured for much of that time and who brought enormous joy for real football fans was a guy called Alessandro Diamante, the diamond. Um, was he as remarkable for you uh, being inside the, the camp as he was for us? I, I couldn't believe his energy. And we're talking about a guy who really could have come to the A-League half a dozen years earlier for victory, but the powers that be at the time thought he didn't have enough credentials, enough yeah. on the CV, which was uh, born. Now, now on reflection, it looks like a really stupid decision. Yeah. Uh, but the guy, the, the guy came, and like um, um, all the, uh, many of the, the great stars that have come from overseas, they've put their reputation on the line. And he did that too, didn't he? 
Yes, he did, George. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny to say that Alessandro's been here the longest he's ever been at a club. That's wow. four years. Wow. So that shows the, the actual club itself what it's about, you know. So someone like that who's, uh, you know, he's the guy's played in World Cup, guys scores and scored in, you know, World Cup for his national team and plays some, some massive teams in, in, in Europe. So for, for Victory not to actually see that he doesn't suit the credentials doesn't make sense. But anyway, that's their loss and uh, our gain, I suppose. And, and hopefully it was, the, it was Australia football's gain, you know. I was going to say, the thing that fascinates me uh, listening and, and, and reading up about Alessandro, and you can validate this, um, he, he has no compunction uh, to tell people about his early days and how he had not a, an idea about being a professional. He thought, because I'm the best of the bunch here, all I've got to do is roll up. And he says, and he admits, that he lost four years until he ran into a coach I think when he was 23, who said to him, now, listen, young man, you, you're 23, but you can still have an unbelievable career if you're prepared to do this, this, and this. And if you come on board, I'll back you. And from that moment on, the man that you just spoke about became a special player, a very special player. Yep, and, and I think through those learnings that he had early on, he actually translates that to the to the to the young boys of today. So if he sees a boy that's, you know, mucking around, mucking around, or not not on on the straight and narrow, then he definitely puts him on straight and narrow. And he was a big personality in our dressing room, um, big character. Uh, you know, he's he's all about being positive and uh, positive mindset and positive vibes, as he as he calls it. And um, you know, he's he was always a a happy fella. He was always happy. Tremendous. <laughs> That's what Tremendous. we saw anyway. We always yeah, always yeah, yeah. happy. Yeah. So nothing phased him. Yeah, there were always issues within the club, and that happens within the family. But yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you, you get over them quickly. So, but uh, look, he's he's. Uh, he, I, I remember when we we actually um, uh, sort of looked looked into him when uh, when the club first formed, and I remember Rudes actually said. No, he's 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 past it, you know. So we're not. <laughs> so I said, okay, good. No, that's all right. I mean, we we, we just uh, you know we, we looked at a lot of players before the season started, but then 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 we realised that you know what we're not going to get what we wanted. So we sort of said, let's get let's let's go back to let's visit Diamante, and um, yeah, lo and behold, it was probably the, a very wise decision to get him. And uh, yeah, look, he set the scene a lot, especially in the first year. He was he was enormous. He suffered a uh, you know an injury last year, which uh, this is the, this is the knee injury, is it? The knee injury, yeah, the yeah. injury, yeah. yeah. And uh, and this year, look, he played his part. You know, he, he won us two games of of you know last minute and a sensational goal against Sydney. Uh, only only someone like him could actually see that seriously. Um, and it was funny because if you go back to his games, George, you'll see he tries that once a game. So if you really try that, yeah. So if you if you're if you're a a goalkeeper, you want to be off your line. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> so that's the type of person he was. But uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. I, it was a pleasure coaching him. Pleasure being around him, and uh, you know, wish him all the best in his uh, in his next chapter of, of, of football. You know, I remember Orlando Engelar, the Dutchman, yes, playing for City under Johnny A. Yeah, uh, the other Johnny A. Johnny yes. Aloisi, and uh, in fact. I take that back. Aloisi brought him to Australia, That's right. and he got injured in a in a in a, a preseason game. 
broke a leg and and wasn't available for about 15 weeks. And Johnny lost his job because he and Jonathan Hermano, who was the other recruit that Johnny yeah. brought in, both of them weren't could not play. Yeah. And the week that they both turned on and came on the pitch, uh, John von Schipp had taken over at, at City yeah. and Johnny had gone. And out of nowhere, Orlando Engelar scores this goal from about 58 yeah. metres, you know. Yeah. George, I and think the whole uh, crowd's just. I think Lockie's dropped. got that as a screensaver. I think Lockie looks at that video at least once a, once a, every, every, every day. <laughs> Talks about well, it a lot. It's, it's no, breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Make, make, yeah, yeah oh, I remember that goal. I remember that was magnificent. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, they're, good, they're good moments for the game, good moments that people never forget. Oh, that's right. It, 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 it's like the scorpion kick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, to this day, uh, Pakua still says, "I I want to do a scorpion kick." I don't think yeah. I and the only other person, just... and the only other person who ever has ever done a scorpion kick is a former Arsenal player. Yeah, it's not happening. He for now me. plays for Paris Saint Germain. It's not. It's not going to. It's not going to happen for me, George. I think I need to do some yoga if I'm ever going to pull that off. And I don't think it's going to happen <laughs> for me. But uh, uh, Johnny Anastasiades is our guest. Pakura, have you got a question? Yeah, Johnny, I was going to ask you, you were speaking about earlier about but wanting to still obviously make, keep coaching. Would you, in terms of, is the A-League where you're looking or are you looking, would you go interstate? Like how is that your thought process behind that? Can you share that with us? Yeah, look, I definitely want to try and be in the, in the, in the top echelon of football and, and that is the A-League at the moment and doesn't worry me if it's interstate. Um, definitely doesn't worry me. My, my kids are old enough now. They're, they're in the 20s, so we don't have to drag them around everywhere. And um, so, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's not a problem to, to, to go to go interstate, especially in, in the high league. But, again, you know, sometimes uh, beggars can't be choosers. So we're, uh, we're, um, we're, we'll look at everything that comes our way at the moment. Um but definitely, uh, I think I've got I've got what it takes to be in the in the top league. Uh, what was uh, what have you? What's the one big learning that you've had in that four years that you've that you saw that you needed to bring on board from your time at Bentley Greens, where you were tremendously successful with a bunch of young players, and um, I noticed your goalkeeper from Bentley Greens is doing and has had a tremendous season for the Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah, look, we're, we're uh, what I learned uh, tactically. I think I've learned a lot throughout the four years. Um, yep. Because both both coaches I I had were, you know, one one played a different system, or both played different systems to what I normally play. So it was interesting to see what type of things they do with their system. Um, the defensive part, George, I could say tactically was something that I learned a lot, especially this year and last year. So um, you know on certain situations but again you put if I go into coaching and and, and start coaching again I'll put my twist on it it's not exactly that but you've learned from that and it actually it does work at times so um, uh, look uh, apart from that there's you're dealing with uh, a professional footballers professional people um, and they all have a button especially in, in, in this profession and they all have issues, and they all, you know, they all have something going on. So you've you've got to be you've got to be ready as a coach to uh, embrace that. You've got to embrace it, and you're actually got to help whatever situation the person's in because you want to get the best out of him 
or her, depends what you do. Uh, you know, especially when when they play on on to play the games, especially. So you want them to be at their peak at any time, and and whatever things that do bother them, that you take that on your back. You, you so you don't want them to worry about it. You want them to to actually concentrate on on, on producing the best, especially in game time. So for me, that that was a lot of learnings through the managing style of of uh, of, of football. Yep. So, so man management has 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 taken on a different flavour for you now. You understand. You you understand. You have to be more than the father figure. You have to be the father confessor, the mate, the the um, the the next door neighbour. Listen to everybody and, and bring them on board and and help them. Yeah. Uh, not rid of the demons, but be able to play with the demons. Well, George, the yeah. world has changed. The world has changed. We know yeah. that. It's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. the olden days. You know, in the olden days, you know, when we used to play and the coach used to scream at and, and kick us and you know, kick us up the backside and get on get on with it, you know. Now it's not like that. It's different. It's it's a whole whole new ball game. So you've had to you've you've had you have to evolve. If you don't evolve, um, you'll get left behind. No doubt. Uh, Western United have had access to some wonderfully talented young players. Uh, have you got a, 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 a book, a little green book or a black book or a white book, putting down players that you think could fit and play in your system going forward? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I, I like I like speed uh, in, in my system. So, you know, some, some good players who've come through the ranks and they're still they're still at the club at the moment. So they'll they're, they're quite good. And the, this year we had we saw the emergence of um you know Noah Bodich, who yes. plays good number nine and I believe that he's the next hope of our of of, of our number nines in, in Australia. He's you know, you know we had the Vadukas of the world and so on and uh, I think Noah's um got the right attitude. Um he's got his head screwed on properly, he works hard and I think he can be the uh, he can be the next one coming through, uh, Johnny A. Uh, t- when you have a young talent like that, um, you were a striker. You loved scoring goals. Johnny Aloisi also loved scoring goals. Did this young man access both of you? Pick your yes, brains he whenever he could. Yes, he did. He did. He did a lot. And, and and that's that's why when you see someone like that, when you when you when you get a person like that coming up to you and asking you questions and and um, you know how to how to have his body shape and so on and how to receive the ball, um, you know that he's on he's on the right track. So he, he wants to learn. He and 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 people who want to learn uh, will will get better. Simple as that. And you know, there's some people out there think, and some players think they they know everything. Well, you, you don't. You don't. I've learned that lesson as a coach. I thought I knew everything. <laughs> far, far, far from it. Far from it. Um, you know, you learn every day, and uh, boys like him who who ask. And we, we had we had a really good bunch of young boys, and we still the club still does. And they all want to learn. They all want to learn, and you know they they work hard. They're good characters, and uh, I think the club's um, got some good boys uh, coming through. Uh, uh, Topo Stanley, um, uh, Lacroix, are the young ones picking their brains. I believe they are. I believe, look, in the dressing room, you know, they have their, they have their, um, you know, they talk to them, especially someone like Topper, Topper Stanley, who's a, a fantastic role model. Yeah, yeah, he's played he's, in so many clubs. He's yep. he's just a brilliant person too, and uh, I think the boys the boys loved him and learnt a lot from him, and you know, he he actually guided quite a few young fellas, and uh, you know, Leo, Leo's Leo's in, in international, so they saw Leo last not not so much this year, but the last year when we won the championships, he was he was the, one of the best. 
defenders in the league. So he, you know, no doubt that a lot of the uh, the young boys uh, would have asked a few questions, um, and, uh, and and no doubt they would have given them that advice because that's the type of uh, people they are. Uh, now we're, we're just thinking. Uh, yesterday we saw from Football Australia the announcement that um, the cull had started for the National Second Division, and suddenly we've got twenty six clubs, and uh, this means now that we're getting inching our way ever closer to a National Second Division. What are your thoughts on that? And does that um, uh, excite you? Uh, from the point of view of being able to grab a club, some of the grand old clubs, or maybe one of the brand new clubs, and saying to them, you know what, we need a journey. Uh, we'll need three or four years. But if if we start it now, we can get it done. You, what are your thoughts? Is that something that appeals to you, that journey? Um, absolutely. Absolutely appeals to me, George. But if I go back to your first point about am I am I thrilled about it? I'm, I'm definitely thrilled about this this B League. It has to happen. Yeah. It has to happen. Simple. Explain to us from I, a coach. I, explain from a coach's perspective from why coach, it has to happen. It has to happen because it's it's gonna it's got to help the A League. The A the A League uh, it hasn't got that the, the 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 talent pool that some other countries have. So through the B League, where some player who's um, probably on the fringe of an A-League team or just in, in there, thereabouts, he can play in that second division, play well, gain that experience, and then eventually get go to the A-League. And I'm not saying that the B-League is going to be a development league, but it can help enhance the top league. With that, on the flip side, it can also help the B-League. So the standard will, go, will be higher. So I think this B-League, it's been, you know... <laughs> It's been in the pipeline for quite a few years, I reckon. Someone's taken the uh, uh, the bull by the horns and said, we, "We've got to run with this. We've got to get this done." And uh, I'm so happy the the uh, federation have, and it will give a lot of opportunities to coaches, a lot of opportunities to players, um, and I think it it only it'll only get better. Yeah, there will be teething problems at the start, and that's normal. But what's really good about it, George, is that they had 32 teams. At the first applicants, I suppose the first right. applicants were thirty-two. First series, yeah, and, and, right. and they've come down to twenty-six. That's a big number, George. That's a real good number. If they had to come down to ten from the first round to the second round, I would have said mm, problems. But to come down from thirty-two to twenty-six, I think that shows that we're serious about this. The clubs are serious about this, and uh, I think this is uh, probably a historic moment in Australian football if this gets done. Uh, which they're saying it will be, and the first game will be kicked uh, kicked off kickoff in March two thousand twenty four. So I think it'll be it'll be uh, sensational for the game in general. Some of the names, some of those clubs that have been named in that final twenty six, you know them well. You've either played against them or you played for them. Yeah. Does that excite you as well? Because the one thing we've been saying for the better part of the last fifteen years is these clubs should never have been denied access. It's happened. Now there's a way back or there's a way forward. Let's, let's look at it that way rather than always look yeah. back. Let's, it's a way forward. Your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. They, these clubs should never have been alienated in the start. Maybe they could have been better managed in some sort of way and, I don't know, talked to properly instead of just being thrown to the wolves from the start. Because 
they kept the game going. They kept the game alive. And just to throw them out and now start a new entities and all that sort of stuff, I thought it was wrong at the start. But, you know, it's been a long time. Uh, they've been patient. These clubs have been building their clubs. Um, and now they're, they're ready. And the game's ready for it. Now, in, in hopefully three to five years where they're going to have promotion relegation, you know, this is this is what it's all about. And it, it, it'll spice up the league because, you know, there's some look, there's not enough scrutiny in the A-League, George. There's not enough scrutiny. Like, if you go to the EPL or the Greek League or the Italian League or the European League, you, you get scrutinised even the way you walk. Here, it's 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 okay to lose. Well, it's not, it's not okay to lose. Have the have the second division, which is run well and, and and going well, it'll put pressure onto these other teams in the A League to do better, and then you'll have a better competition. Because you know what, if you don't do better, then you'll be relegated. So you have that that spice up too. Speaking of spice, a women's World Cup, the biggest sporting event for women in the world. Yep. It's happening in Australia and New Zealand, July and August of this year. You think it's going to be bigger than people imagine? I think I think people, especially the Australian public, will be blown away. They won't. They won't. They don't know how big a World Cup is. They've never, they've always seen it and heard about it. Now it's on your doorstep. They'll see what the World Cup's about. What? How big this game is. People in this country who, and we know the. Well, I'll put them as enemies. <laughs> the knockers. The knockers. The knockers. We'll put it as knockers, George. Yeah, That's yeah, a better yeah, way. Yeah. Um, they'll see how big how big this game is and especially you know the, the way the women's grown the women's game has grown phenomenally and you know I watched the quite a bit of the the previous world cup and some some excellent teams there excellent teams and the teams that are weaker they'll get better George. they'll get better because they're seeing that there's a lot more money coming into the game for the women uh, which they should rightly so and um you, you can only get better and uh, it, it'll be a, I think it'll be a fantastic tournament and and hopefully it, it flows through through from grassroots to the top um, for for men and women, not just for for the women. And I know the men will benefit from it too. And hopefully one day we get the men's World Cup because Australia is capable of uh, hosting big events. Yeah, uh, you may have gathered, Pakua. He does he does get excited. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know, I was gonna say I think John brought up a really good point. I I think that a lot of people forget that. If women's football is successful in this country, it translates to men's football being successful as well. And and I think that they they have in the past not been a, a really nice symbiotic relationship. It's been, you know, either women's football does well or men's football does well or, you know, but they feed into each other because more kids are playing in more interest, more eyeballs. <coughs> and, you know, if you get more female viewers, they go to more men's games as well and, you know, the other way as well. So I look forward to the the Women's World Cup. But, John, I want to ask you, obviously you've got such a, a great history in the MPL. Have you been watching it? Have, is there any teams that you're, you're liking, any standout players? That's a good question, but unfortunately I haven't been been able to get around to watch a few games. And But um, obviously, you know, watching, you know, Avondale doing well this year and, and South Melbourne, obviously, but I haven't been watching it as much as um, I, I would have liked because our season, you know, starts early, then it then it sort of, <laughs> you know, sort of goes through, and then by the time by the time we're, uh, we're we uh, we have time off, we get we have a bit of a holiday, then we go overseas, whatever, then when we come back, the NPL season's finished. So, haven't had much to do with it in the past uh, two or three years, especially. 
but um, always always looking at who's who's doing well in the in in, in Victoria, and um, yeah, obviously you know, the Avondales and South Melbournes of the world, and, and my old team Bentley, yeah, struggling <laughs> a little bit at the moment. So hopefully they'll uh, they can find themselves and um, yeah, stay in the league this year and and, and build for for next year because um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a shame. I just want John to ask. Anastasia, this... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to ask you before you because you're talking about how the the seasons that don't align. Do you think that's the next step in the football in this country for all of the seasons to to be aligned, and so we have like a, an actual football calendar that you know makes sense? Yeah, I think eventually that that will happen. I think that's the uh, uh, James Johnson, the CEO of of, uh, of Football Australia, wants wants that to happen eventually. Some stage that all all the all the champ, all the you know the, the men's games and women's games will align with each other. So A League and so on, and second division, NPL, whatever, they'll all align it because because everyone's afraid. Oh, the AFL and the NRL. At the end of the day, the NFL, NFL, NRL, and the AFL, they, they, they've always been there. So and 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 I don't know what we're scared of. It's not as if they're going to take any supporters away from us or things like that. So. For me, um, it has to has to align. It's 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 because I'll tell you why. An, an, another really important reason is, and I've seen it from first hand, obviously, the the standard of football of the A League in summer is lower because it's too hot. It's far too hot. I'm telling you, <laughs> you can't run, it, and and we're asking for the players a lot, you know, to run in 34 degree heat. It's not that easy. I'm telling you. So I think it's better that. Um, that we eventually get to the you know to the to the winter because it's a winter sport, so hopefully that'll happen. Uh, John Anastasia, this is our special guest on State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, Pakura Frimpong is in the studio running the the show, and I'm in the uh, via Zoom out of Port Melbourne. Uh, Johnny A, there are a couple of young boys. Yeah, I can say that because you know them. Uh, young musket. Bit of a troublemaker when he when he when he was on the pitch, and a young guy called Ange Postacoglu. They're doing okay. Yeah, they're doing very well. And uh, look, you know, are you, pr- are you proud of them? Oh, look, it's 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 sensational to see how well they're doing. It's, uh, you know, it's um, uh, you know, Ange is my mentor, and you know, I played under him um, at, at South Melbourne for four years, and we, we were very successful with him. Um, and you could tell from there that he was already primed to be a, 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 an Success. elite coach. An elite coach, yeah. And you know, because he had a passion for the game, had a passion for for, for coaching. And uh, look, he's gone to another level now. He's gone to another level, and he's you know back to back with one of the biggest clubs in, in Europe, in, in Celtic. And um, I reckon it won't be long before he's in the EPL, which is unbelievable. Is there success uh, also? Good news for Australia, of course. It is. The fact that Musket is succeeding, yeah. and yeah. and and of course Ange. Yeah. Oh, look, there's no doubt. Yeah, but then you've also got Patrick Isnorba too now. Yeah. Oh yes, Patrick in Patrick. in uh, Twa. Okay, he, yeah, yeah, he hasn't had. He's had a bit of a baptism of fire at the moment, but he'll learn from it, and I think he'll become a better coach from it, no doubt. Because okay. you know Musket was in Belgium, didn't do well. And left and went to Japan, so he's he's had a bit of a journey too. But he's doing well in Japan, and then I reckon he's next to go again back into Europe. Um, Ange went another 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 way. He went to through Japan first and into into Europe. So he he, he actually you know his his progress and his his journey has been a bit better because he's gone to a, a league where he's actually 
you know, done really well in the Japanese league, then gone to um, to Scotland. Where okay, it's not the best league, but he's got the he's got the best team, and he's made him the best team that Scottish football has seen for quite a while. And, yeah, that's. Uh, He's, he's, he's they've been him. exhilarating to watch. Unbelievable. No Unbelievable. Some of the football they're playing is, you know what, uh, every team he plays, they've got 80% possession. You yeah. know, it's, it's, to score 105 goals, George, 105 goals, that's that's phenomenal. To lose only one game out of, what, 36 games or 30, that's that's incredible. I think Ange, he wants to conquer the, the Champions League, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I think... The EPL may take a little bit of a back seat for now because I think he wants to conquer the uh, the Champions League with, through uh, through Celtic through, through his Celtic. In, okay. Through Celtic. He's been very smart um, because he as he's as you touched on earlier as a coach you're always looking at players. When he was in Japan, he picked the eye teeth out of the talent, didn't he? That's right. That's right. And he knew how that how how he could bring them and which of them would be able to make the transition without being lost because some players, they play overseas and the cultural um, challenge is too great. Uh, They get homesick and you lose them. And you've been there. You know what that's about when you were playing overseas. You know how tough it is. Every time you want to play, you're suddenly the enemy because you're taking a job away from the local, aren't you? That's right. That's right. Look, his recruitment has been spot on. He's exactly he knows exactly what he wants, and he's got those players in Japan. He could have, probably couldn't find those players in Scotland or in Europe. Well, they probably are in Europe, but they're probably worth ten times, 10 times as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. So that's the he's other. Also thing. Done, he's also done good business apart yeah. from with the brilliant team. He's done great business because these players now, some of them, uh, you know, they're throwing. I've been hearing you know fifteen million pounds here, and where he's bought the player for three. So oh, yeah. he's made some. He's made some some very shrewd. Uh, recruit recruitment in terms of business also. What do you make of the business that Brighton has done in the EPL? Uh, they 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 have grabbed a bundle of players yeah. for next to nothing in in EPL terms, and yeah. again they're playing a brand of football that really is exhilarating. Look, you know what, George? I I, I read about the Brighton thing, and um, it was in the paper something the other day. Yep. Uh, yep. On the line somewhere, and. It was quite extraordinary what, what, what they've done. Quite extraordinary. I, I look at it though, George, and I was thinking about it. I said, what about if it went the other way? Uh-huh. What about if it didn't go as well? What happens there? So there is an element of risk. But you know what, George? Life's full of risks. So yeah, you've got to dare to win. 100%. And you know what? They they believed in that, in the system they got. They believed in the, in the, um, the scouting, Brighton. They've got this unbelievable scouting. And they believed all, and, and, and they got this good database and all this software and all that stuff I was reading about, which is unbelievable. And through that, they got the right players for the right price. And now they're probably going to do what Andrew's done to Celtic, and they're going to start selling players for ten times the amount again. So, wow. good luck to them. And it's, uh, and I think a lot of clubs will be doing, will do, will follow this this road. I reckon from now on, George. To be honest, you, what what have you learned with sports science that's come on in the time you've been a coach? Yeah, look, sports science is is has its um, has its position. I'm a bit old school, George. I like to do things out on the pitch, not with a <laughs> laptop. So, um, but uh, look, it, it does help. It, it no doubt, you know, the loading of the players and 
you know, we watch what, you know, how much, how much, how many Ks have done during the game, and how much the, the, in in in. Sprint. Is that in real time? Are you watching them in real time? We watch them in real time. Yes. Wow! 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 So is that part of the, the assistant coach? What you're doing at, during a game? You're monitoring those things, or are there other people who do that? No, there are other, the, the S&C people or the strength and conditioning people who are doing that. So they're all wearing GPSs now. Yeah. Yep. So we've got all that all that information. Um, uh, look, sometimes it, it, it's not it, we'd get it after the game, but you know, sometimes we sort of get live to see where where the purpose because wow. you don't want to overload a player also because if you see a player's doing ten sprints and you're supposed to only do three, then you got to tell him relax a bit because you're going to start putting hamstrings in there. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, Johnny, but, uh, uh, before we go, yeah. uh, are you a Ted Lasso fan? I've watched a bit of it, uh, George. Yeah, I watched a bit of it. Watched a bit of it, yeah. What have you made of it? Yeah, look, I, I mean, it's... Um, it's yeah, Some of the stuff is okay. Some of the stuff yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, okay. Yeah. Some, some, you, you can relate to some of the stuff here, yeah, no doubt. I think, but, the, um, I, I think the human nature stuff has yeah, the human a, nature is good. It's, it's been, been lovely. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been it's good. But uh, again, George, I'm a little bit old school. Is that uh, the, the coach is the boss? Yeah, players, the players, they'll they'll only look at a coach. They'll look at the coach what he says, and you you players can't do what they want to do. They can't run the show. And I'm saying the, the coach and the coach doesn't run the show, but he sort of guides the players to be able to get them to play to the best of the abilities to actually win games. And um, that's how I see coaching. Anyway, I, I like to see that, you know what, I'm here for you guys, but without you guys, I'm nothing. Yeah, so it's a partnership. So that's it's it. a partnership. That's it. Uh, Johnny Anastasia, this has been our special guest. Uh, Pakur, anything you want to add before we go and uh, give Johnny a, a, an early mark or do you have another question for him? No, I was just, uh, just going to say, obviously, with uh, Western United's women's team, what was the was the dynamic like? Was there a strong relationship between the, the men's coaching staff and the women's coaching staff? How how did that kind of dynamic work? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, we, we we our offices were very close with the uh, the, the women's um, women's team and uh, or the women's coaches and uh, Mark Tacasio and Amanda Stella there. They were, they were there though, so um, they always would come and watch us train. No doubt, and and Mark, who's who had Calder, I think prior to that, um, he, he he was also shown, shown a lot of interest. Um, I think they would he would have had a lot of talks with John Aloisi, uh, and asked him, you know, some advice and you know, obviously learning from that. So, um, and obviously Amanda ran 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 the uh, the administrative part of it, so uh, she was involved a lot too. But I, I think the women's team has set its mark now. They're they the runners up. The second best in the league. Okay, Sydney were very good, but Sydney's been in the league for, for a lot more years than, than Western United. And I think, uh, you know, the, the future's there for them and hopefully they'll just get bigger and better. Uh, well, Johnny A, that's a great note to leave you on. Uh, we wish you every success going forward. And if there's a club looking for a new manager or a new coach, <laughs> they, they they need to look at uh, Johnny Anastasiades because not only have you served sure. your your time, uh, you've put in uh, the hard yards where it mattered most and always delivered. We thank you very much for joining us. And uh, Thank you for having me, George. Thank you for thank having you, me. Mate. appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. There you go, Pakur, one of the nice guys, but also one of the guys who has proven himself time and time again. Um, before we go, uh, any ideas on who might win this week? Your, your 
choices have been almost legendary throughout the year. <laughs> Who's going to win in on the, the weekend? In the A-League or? In the A-League, madame, yes. Oh, George, I'm not. Okay, let me, let me, let me get these. This, uh, the game I is... know you like, you like firing a bullet just before we close it. No, you know, I'm, I just, I just don't want to be wrong. You know, I've, I've had such a good streak. I just don't want to be. You have wrong. your. That's the thing. I, I'm hoping that I can get you to to the crack. <laughs> yeah, just to miss one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with. I'll go Melbourne City. Melbourne Ooh. City tomorrow. I'll go Melbourne City tomorrow. Yes. And okay. They're I'm playing gonna, Sydney. Yeah, away Sydney. from home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then. And who wins the other one? I'm going to go. I think this one's going to be really close. I think we could see potentially. I think it's going to be either high, extremely high scoring or we're going to go extra time, but I'll go with Central Whoa. Coast. I'll go with Central Coast. Central Coast, Nick Montgomery's team yep. to upset the Reds. Yep, to upset the Reds. That's it. That's what I'll go with. Uh, uh, Nick Nick Montgomery and that team have, have been terrific for us and we wish them every success. They've been a terrific uh, and exciting platform and uh, their fans have got right behind them, haven't they? They certainly have. And I think it's one of the things that I've really loved about this season um, is all the fans getting involved, especially with Adelaide and Central Coast, those fan bases growing, and and I think it's the the key to Australian football growing. Hundred percent, I'm with you. Until next week. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.